everybody seemed to type Serena as a seven. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Dude I Love That podcast. I'm Liv, and today we are kicking off a very exciting series that I have been waiting for for about a month now, Um, but we are taking the rest of 2020, which is the first year of a new decade, and we are actually throwing it back to childhood, and we are going to be typing the characters from our favorite TV shows and movies from when we were young through the Enneagram. So I am so excited about this and we are kicking it off today with the episode that you voted for, which is going over the Enneagram types of the Gossip Girl characters. So this is going to be a packed episode, so I'm going to jump in. Okay, so first off, let's start with the series, you know, It Girl, Serena. So this is a really funny one because I tried not to look at anybody else's typings of any of these characters that I'm going to do before I actually type them myself. But I have seen floating around on, I think it was Instagram and then maybe Pinterest, people typing these characters. And everybody seemed to type Serena as a seven. And I'm like, oh, no, no. No, no. I actually think that Serena is a counterphobic six-wing seven. So let me just explain. And also, if you're new here, I do go into exactly why I type these characters the way I type them and basically try and just give you an overview of maybe why their motivations are such that they end up doing what they do. So with Serena, Yes, she's optimistic. Yes, she uses fun experiences as a distraction from stress and anxiety. But I really think the main thing that she looks for in her life is some sort of like safety and a thing that she can hold on to. Because if we look back growing up, she always had her mom, you know, flying out, doing this and that, kind of leaving her and Eric alone. Um, She was always with a new guy. She was just really not around and not a stable force in her life that she could count on. And so I think the thing that Serena really seeks most in relationships, friendships, etc., is some sense of stability. And so that's where I think that it makes a lot of sense for her to be a six. And I also think that the counterphobic six makes sense. And also, if you've never heard that term before, um, I do like to include the subtypes of characters. So the counterphobic six is a one-to-one subtype, which you often see abbreviated as SX. And I chose this because We see throughout the series, Serena has no problem with conflict. However, she does teeter back and forth between being passive and being more aggressive. And so that's where I think it makes a lot of sense for her to be counterphobic because she can stand up for herself and be aggressive when she needs to be, but she's not constantly like that, which makes sense. Some of the other reasons why I ended up going with a six for Serena is because she's very loyal. We see her go back to Blair time and time again, even after Blair has screwed her over. She doesn't like being boxed in. Um, She's super committed, but she also fears commitment. And we see that in the beginning of the series with her and Dan. And she's sort of like, you know, she's all in. But when it gets serious, she kind of doesn't really know what to do. And she's like, do you really love me? Like, how do I know that this is real? Because all I've ever known of relationships is them being completely unstable and just crazy. So um, she definitely does have that fear of commitment that a lot of sixes deal with 
oddly, even though they are so loyal. So that is my reasoning behind choosing a counterphobic six wing seven for Serena. Okay, moving on, we've got Blair. And this is an interesting one. I actually struggled for quite a bit on Blair. And then it wasn't until I was going over everything with my mom and sister, actually, that I realized that Blair is a three-wing two because my other option for her was either an eight, a six, or a two. I couldn't really decide. So I'm like, all right, what is her core motivation here? Because it seems a little all over the map. And one thing to keep in mind with characters in movies, TV shows, whatever, we do kind of see a conglomeration of a few different types with them. They're usually never just one type. Although, you know, bless the creators that actually choose like very singular personalities for these characters because helps someone like me out a lot. But yeah, I ended up going with a three-wing two for Blair and I chose a social subtype for her because if you've ever looked into it, these social subtypes actually really value precision prestige. And um, they're really great at making connections and basically securing their spot in society, if that makes sense. And so um, we see Blair's family. They're very much like old money, but we also see the contrast where like Serena's family is more new money. And so I think that actually plays a lot into it. And I personally was trying to decide is she really like the person that needs everybody to know, I've got these designer brands, this is really important to me, look what I can get my hands on? Or is that just part of her world? And I decided that that was part of her world and maybe not so much like a core thing that she holds on to as part of her identity. But I definitely think it does get in there. So that was also one of the major things I was going back and forth on. But at the end of the day, when looking at Blair as a whole person, she definitely is a very calculated. She seeks affirmation and she holds herself and others to high standards, which we definitely see Three's doing. However, she is self-confident and she's really great at coming up with schemes and plans. However, she typically uses her scheming, planning, I don't know, is gifts the right word? I kind of feel like that's like a wrong thing, but yeah, we're just going to call it gifts. Her scheming gifts, she actually uses a lot of times to help her friends. So it's kind of this bizarre, twisted sense of um, like a loyalty and a protection for her friends. So I can let it slide for that. But yeah, I, I really think that the three wing two makes sense because she does, she goes hard at everything she does. I mean, she does not let up. You can see that with her school. You can see that with um, her internship uh, at the W Magazine offices, I believe. And yeah, it just, it makes a lot of sense. And threes are really after that affirmation that you're doing well. And they try and sort of accumulate a lot of a lot of their identity through accomplishments. And um, now this isn't to say that all threes are the same way at all. Everybody has a different personality, even though they might have the same number. So keep that in mind as well. But we definitely see through various dynamics in Blair's life that she does seek some sort of status or affirmation based on what she brings to the table and what she does that is why I ended up going with a three-wing two for Blair because an eight in contrast, because I see a lot of people try and type her as an eight. Um, at, like I said, I didn't really look at any of these typings before I typed them myself, but I went afterwards and looked at what people typed them as and I saw a ton of people type her as an eight. And where I understand where they would have gotten that, at the end of the day, eights don't really tend to care what people think. And we do see Blair kind of act like she doesn't care what people think, 
But truly, deep down, she does care what people think, and she really does want people to see her in a certain light. And one thing that threes are really great at is being a chameleon. So they're able to kind of get their way and be very charming depending on what's needed in a various situation. So again, not necessarily a bad thing, but something to point out. Okay, so let's move on to Chuck because you can't have Blair without some Chuck. So this one, honestly, was probably the hardest for me to type. And I think it was because I'm trying to get to the root of who these characters are and why they do what they do. So for Chuck, I ended up going completely against the grain. And I say this in every episode I do, like there's always at least one character that I go totally opposite with. But I chose a one-to-one four-wing five for Chuck. And a ton of people thought he was an eight. Like everybody pretty much hands down has said that he's an eight. But the reason why I chose a four-wing five for him is because he deals with so much shame and rejection from his father. And even though some people think you're born with your personality type and it's it's nature and that's just what you're going to get, I think a lot of it has to do with nurture. And we can see from his relationship with his father and how his father, especially like in the beginning of the series, Chuck understands that his father blames him for his mother's death because obviously Chuck was told that she died giving birth to him. And so he's walked around his whole life with this shame of, I killed my mother. But he also is still very driven despite that. So it's really funny because I think there are some eight qualities there, which I totally understand how people have typed him as that because especially as he matures later in the series, he definitely pulls on some of those eight qualities a little bit heavier. But I think at the end of the day, based on him wanting his father's approval so much, And his ability to bend the rules if it's required, the fact that he kind of just lives very much so like, you know what, life doesn't hold as much value for me. I'm just going to do whatever I want because I'm in pain. That totally speaks to an unhealthy four. And I ended up going with a five wing for Chuck because he is very reserved. He doesn't need any like big show to bring him value, if that makes sense. So we even see this specifically when he ends up paying Blair's dowry and he doesn't want anyone else to know. He's fine with it being a secretive thing and he doesn't want any recognition for it. He just wants her to get out of a bad situation. And that totally speaks to that five wing because typically in his position, if he did have a three wing, he'd want people to know that he did that. So that's why I ended up choosing the five wing. Plus, if you're a three, you're usually a lot more outgoing versus the five who's more introverted. And even though Chuck has no problem chatting it up with people, he definitely is a lot more introverted than he is extroverted. Now let's talk for a second about Blair and Chuck's relationship because I think this is one thing that is a little bit bizarre to understand, like, why would Blair want Chuck? And again, as I was chatting with my mom and sister about this episode, we were going back and forth on this, and we kind of came to the conclusion that Blair actually really respects Chuck because typically she's in control, right? She's the one who is like, all right, I'm calling the shots, and no one really gets under her skin. But she oddly respects Chuck because he can get under her skin. 
Chuck is able to identify the points where she's weak and he kind of uses that to his advantage and he's able to like play with her in a way in their little mental games. And instead of being an annoyance for Blair, their banter back and forth is actually more of a a mental stimulation for her. It's like she's getting to use her wits that she might not get to do with everybody because a lot of people let's face it, they just won't challenge her. And so I think someone like Chuck that does know how to push her buttons and will challenge her is actually really a fun thing for her. And so that's where I think the attraction comes from. Plus, I think it's really cool for Chuck because whereas he's a little bit more quiet, he's definitely witty, super sarcastic. I think Blair kind of pulls out some more of the fun side of Chuck that he's repressed because obviously life hasn't necessarily been kind to him. And so I think that's why their relationship works so well. And of course, we all cheered at the end of the series when they finally do get together. Um, Okay, so let's move on to Nate because we all know Chuck and Nate are like the bromance that we all wish we had. So I ended up, and I think this is pretty much across the board, like I really don't think anyone's had another type for Nate other than a nine. Nate is through and through a nine wing one, in my opinion, although I do think he uses both of his uh, one and eight wings equally. But Nate is very much so the product of a not so great marriage. And I think for him growing up and even in friendships and things like that, he's had to learn to bring the peace. And he is like, okay, you know what? Life's so crazy. I can't let my inner peace be disturbed due to things going on around me. And so he's become very good at maintaining like a a peaceful homeostasis. And that's one thing that nines are so great at. And let's be real, we kind of all wish we had a bit of that because when life gets crazy, sometimes peace is the last thing that we can actually grasp. Whereas the nines, it comes more naturally. They're so willing to not get riled up because it disturbs their peace. And for them, that's almost like an energy reserve being tapped. And they're like, no, no, I need to stay peaceful. And so it's actually really cool to have Nate in this friend group because out of everybody, he ends up I know a lot of people think he's like this naive, you know, whatever person, and he kind of is. But the one thing he brings to the group is that peaceful seeing things from all sides personality that they really need because a lot of times things get really heated and people have, you know, opinions flying, but Nate's like, whoa, whoa, let's calm it down. Let's look at this rationally. So I think that's actually really cool. And we also see Nate being able to really work in and through different crowds of people, right? He's able to hang out with Vanessa and Dan and he enjoys them just as much as he enjoys hanging out with his Upper East Side friends. So I think that's one thing that Nine's also bring to the table is being able to just kind of work with whoever they're around at that time. And it's not phony. It's not um, coming from a place of deceit. It's just very much like they're here. You're here. Let's hang. And that's what I think is so cool about Nines and also really cool about Nate's character because they're able to use him in a bunch of different ways. And it kind of is that like interconnecting piece of all of these different groups of people. So from Nate, let's go right into Dan. And oh man, this one. I kind of struggled on this one a lot as well. And I ended up choosing a self-preservation four wing three for Dan. And the one thing that I think is so intriguing about Dan's character is that he's kind of positioned as like the good guy and the one who is sort of like an underdog in a way because he's not, you know, rich and and from the Upper East Side and doesn't like didn't really have anything handed to him. However, 
At the end of the day, and to his core, Dan is secretive. He, frankly, will kind of just step on whoever he needs to to get his way. But he kind of acts as if he's doing something good. Like, he does bad things, but in his mind, he twists it around to make it feel like for him he's doing it for a good reason, which isn't how things are supposed to go, obviously. But he's got this false sense of, like, vigilante syndrome where he thinks he's exposing things and and that's kind of his reason behind Gossip Girl. He thinks he's doing things right and he thinks he's exposing things for the right reasons, but really he's doing it because he wants to be them and he's not and he's jealous. One of the things that fours deal with in lesser health levels is definitely envy and jealousy because they look around and they're like, Everybody has it so much easier than I do. And it's this thing of almost like a self-pity. And when we actually see at the end of the series when he reveals the fact that he's Gossip Girl, it really makes a lot of sense for him to be a four versus a five or a one because I think in his mind, he's able to easily rationalize his actions. And like I was saying before, he rationalizes poor actions for a good cause. And anybody else would see that and be like, no, that's wrong. But for him... He feels like it's almost as if justice is being served. And that's where I think the typings have kind of gone a little bit skewed. And like I said, I understand where the five and the one come from. But truly, I think at the heart of everything he does, he's jealous. But he plays it off as if it doesn't bother him at all. And that's what's really kind of disturbing about all of it. And the reason that I actually chose the three-wing for him is because, like I said previously, threes are so good at masking their emotions and their issues and turning into a chameleon for for any situation that, that it comes at them. They're kind of able to play the part of a situation. And like I said before, that's not always a bad thing because it's great in things like business where maybe you're going to be around people that you haven't met before and you're just able to like pick up on on different people's personalities and work well with people. So in that case, it's a great thing. But in Dan's case, where he's obviously at lower health levels and really at the end of the day, almost everybody in the series is at a lower health level (laughs) because things are just crazy. But the three-wing really makes sense for Dan because he also wants this sense of legacy and four-wing threes really do want to make their their mark on the world and leave some sort of legacy behind. And I think in Dan's mind, it was like he couldn't have a legacy if he didn't have the, the means, whether that was the automatic notoriety or if it was the finances. So him kind of turning his attention to the kids who did have it as his sense of, I don't have, but they have, and I don't like that. It just really ends up making a lot of sense. So that is why I chose a self-preservation four-wing three for Dan. And then Vanessa. You guys, I don't know if Vanessa irked you as much as she irked me. I feel like she was always the fly in the ointment. Like she just could not leave well enough alone. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people love her and she did have a lot of great qualities, but it just kind of felt like she was always just the one that was like messing things up. ah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just very irritating, but it made for an interesting series. So I can forgive her for that. But I ended up typing Vanessa as a one-to-one, one-wing two. And if you didn't know, the one-wing two is actually called the activist. And if you didn't know, I actually typed Kiara from Outer Banks as the same type, which is the activist. Um, But I I don't know if I chose a one-to-one subtype for her because I don't think I included subtypes on that one. But yeah, for Vanessa, I did choose the one-to-one subtype because she sort of feels like 
she's entitled to changing things around her. She feels like it's up to her to almost right the wrongs of society. And in a healthy level, that's great. And we have a lot of awesome people that are working in nonprofits and leadership roles that are trying to do things to basically better the world, which is amazing. But in Vanessa's case, we really see her downward spiral, especially towards when her time is up on the series. She ends up becoming exactly what she judged for so long. And that's where obviously we see like judgment is never good because it comes back to you in the same form that you judged. But I think the one thing for me that sealed the deal of her being a one versus I've seen some people type her as a four, which makes a lot of sense as well. And I actually was trying to figure out whether she was a one or a four, but her being a one makes more sense to me because she's really trying to enact a sense of fairness and she does like to fight for the underdog. She does like to make sure that almost like the playing fields are evened, if that makes sense. And she's definitely someone who is self-disciplined like a one. She is also very critical of others and holds them to a very high standard, even though she doesn't hold herself to that same standard because she ends up doing the exact things that she hates in others, if that makes sense. Hopefully it's hopefully we're tracking here. But that is one issue that ones deal with at a lower health level. And I think at the end of the day, she does have a little bit of that four in her, but that's because ones go to four in stress, which obviously makes sense if she is downward spiraling. So that's why I ended up choosing that for her. And I also really love the fact that we can bring subtypes into this because, and if you haven't looked up subtypes, definitely check them out because they really do open up the possibilities because there are 27 subtypes for basically three subtypes for all of the nine types. And sometimes the subtypes totally open your eyes to other possibilities within a type because not everybody looks like the I'll call it normal version of the types because there's little nuances to every single subtype that makes every person look a little bit different or have like a little bit different motivations depending on what their subtype is. Hopefully I explained that well. I think I kind of butchered it, but definitely check out subtypes if you haven't. But yeah, finding out that Vanessa's probably prone to a one-to-one subtype made a whole lot of sense because we typically see ones pictured as like the social subtype one that is very much on the side of like good versus evil and they feel an inner need to do what's right all the time. Whereas Vanessa more so feels like it's her job to make sure others do right all the time and that people aren't being mistreated. So it's almost like a shifting of the viewpoints, but it makes so much sense when we look at it from that angle. And then while we're here, we'll go ahead and move on to Jenny. So little Jay, this is just such a struggle because we see Jenny throughout the series basically try and secure her position within a certain group. And obviously that bites her in the butt pretty early on, but yet she keeps trying, keeps trying, keeps trying. And then finally she just like craps out and just goes completely rogue. But it is so interesting because we see Jenny go from somebody who desperately wants the approval and the love of a certain group of people to somebody that like does not give a rip and is so far off that path that she like never wants to be back on. So it is really interesting how we see these characters evolve throughout the series, but I ended up typing Jenny as a one-to-one three-wing four. A lot of one-to-ones happening here, but I typed her as a three-wing four and 
The reason that I chose a four wing versus a two wing for Jenny is because she very much so clings on to this identity, especially towards the middle slash end of the series, that she doesn't fit in. And if I had to say, this probably comes from the fact that she was so rejected by friend groups before and she was so hurt in those situations that she just decides, you know what? I must be like a black sheep or I must just not fit in. Because I think at the beginning of the series, we see her more as a three-wing two. She's very sociable, very outgoing, very fun-loving. Whereas towards the end, she definitely goes into that thing of a little bit more of maybe not shame, but more of I'm identifying as someone who doesn't fit in and I'm going to sort of take ownership of that versus saying, you know what, maybe I just don't fit in with this crowd of people and that's okay because I don't have to fit in with everybody. So I definitely think the four wing makes sense in this case. And obviously this is not to say that everybody who's a four thinks that they are like a black sheep and they just don't fit in and blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying this is Jenny's case. And like I had said before, Everybody in this series is at a pretty low health level just because of everything that's happened throughout the series. So keep that in mind. But the reason that I chose a three-wing four for Jenny is because there's a very interesting thing happening with Jenny because she's almost like the controlling victim. She sort of sees herself as someone who like, oh, nothing works out for me. I can't get into this friend group. My my dad hates me. You know, this just isn't working out, blah, blah, blah. And she sort of is very quick to just like cut ties and be like, I'm done or I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to leave school and I'm going to leave home and I'm going to pursue my dreams of being a designer. And it's so bizarre because she sort of fabricates these stories in her head that things are much worse off than they are. And I think it's because deep down what she really wants is to go her own like she knows what she wants but it's almost as if she can't get it because of like her age and where she's at in life and so she ends up going really far to one side because it's like she just she can't move a little bit and get what she wants it's not like she's so close that it's like I can hold on for a minute before I'm you know 18 and can do whatever I want she just really slides off so far to one side that she ends up burning bridges. And that's one thing that I think um, with threes, one issue that they can struggle with is workaholism. And we definitely see that obviously with Jenny throughout the series, but especially towards the beginning and middle where she basically neglects a bunch of her duties for her work, not only because she just enjoys it and it's a creative outlet for her, but because she feels like this is the one thing that makes sense in her life and the one thing that she wants to do fully. And she doesn't want to have to deal with the other responsibilities. And where we totally understand, and obviously if she was an adult making her own decisions, it'd be great to throw yourself into your work when you're young and, you know, accomplish everything you want. But due to the fact that she's only, you know, I think, what is she like when the series starts? I think she might be 14. Um, yeah, due to the fact that she's so young, she can't quite do it yet. And I think it's really frustrating for her. Also, towards the beginning, we see her really valuing the sense of status. She really wants to be in Blair's group because she looks up to Blair and she knows what all is involved in being in that group. And even when she's kind of pretending like she has all this money when she doesn't, she's doing it to gain a sense of status that she feels she doesn't currently have. And that's one thing that a three does look for. But this, what the interesting thing about the one-to-one three is they feel like I succeed when, and I feel accomplished when those around me 
are succeeding and feel accomplished. And so it's not so much as a thing of, I want to gain power, I want to gain prestige and control like we see with Blair. It's more of, I want to be of service, but within being of service, it's not selfless. It's in order to gain something for myself. It's in order to gain a sense of self, self-worth versus just being very like altruistic and wanting to help someone. So hopefully that clears it up a little bit more about how she could be a three and Blair can also be a three because that definitely can get confusing. Okay, let's move on to our last two. Okay, so we've got Lily and Rufus. And it's so funny because when you look at the series, you don't really think that there's a lot of nines, but really there are. So let's start with Lily. I actually typed her as a one-wing nine, and I think a lot of people would probably type her as a three, and that totally makes sense. I see where they're coming from, but especially in the episode where we look and it's like um, we're flashing back to her as a kid, I think we see sort of a sense of duty that she feels she has, and she doesn't feel like she has the right and the the ability, I guess, to make decisions for her life. She feels like her life is being run on someone else's timetable. And just like when her mom said, you can have Rufus or your inheritance when she was younger, she chose her inheritance because she felt like that's the right thing to do and that's the thing I'm expected to do. Whereas if she was a three, she'd be a little bit more open to being like, no, I want to do what I want to do and I'm going to make that happen because I'm not going to let someone else run my life because obviously that's nuts. But we definitely see more of a sense of Lily really wanting to keep the peace. Obviously, if she felt like her mom wouldn't have been extremely upset with her for choosing Rufus and actually being happy, she would have done that. But between a sense of duty and a sense of wanting to keep the peace, she goes with what her mom wants. And we see her do that time and time again throughout the series. And we also see her nine come out a lot in her relationships, especially in the first couple of seasons. We hear about how Lily basically would adopt characteristics of whatever guy she was with at the time. She would very much try and make sure that there were there were no issues in her relationships. And so the way she did that was by adopting, whether it was religion, personality traits, hobbies, whatever it may be, she would adopt that of whatever person she was with as a way to create a sense of not only peace, but camaraderie in a way. And obviously that that for her felt like a safe thing to do because if they had the same hobbies, if they like the same things, if they do the same things together, if they create rules for the kids together, then there's not going to be any loose ends that will cause disruption, right? It'll all be peaceful. And I also think that even like when we saw Lily end up going through with marrying Bart. She knew that she wanted Rufus, but she felt a sense of, I have to do this because if I don't, it'll be wrong. And that's where I think the one really comes out. So hopefully that makes sense for me choosing a one wing nine for Lily. And then I wasn't totally able to figure out her subtype, so I didn't choose one for her. I just left it. But let's go ahead and move on to our last one, Rufus. And for Rufus, I actually chose a nine wing eight. And that's because Rufus is very much Mr. Chill, right? He just kind of goes along with whatever's happening and he doesn't let it bother him. He's very much flexible and willing to just kind of go with the flow because not going with the flow is more difficult than just going with the flow. And I think we see this time and time again throughout everything that happens and probably doesn't need a whole lot of explanation because 
that pretty much sums it up. But I ended up choosing an eight wing for him because he is very entrepreneurial and he does like, you know, he was obviously out on the road with his band when he was younger and he has a very easy time asserting himself when he needs to and he's good at making decisions whereas a lot of times nines kind of struggle with actually making the life decisions they need to make and so we see Rufus being very decisive about wanting to be with Lily. Um, He's very loyal to his wife when you know she leaves him he's still there for her he still really wants to make that work and that is where I think we see a lot of that eight in him plus he can also be a smidge sassy at times which is very much so an eight thing so that is why I chose a nine wing eight for Rufus and his subtype isn't totally clear to me if I had to choose one probably would be a self-preserving or a social um definitely don't think he's a one-to-one but you tell me your thoughts what do you think his subtype is I'd love to know because he as well was kind of one that I'm like "Mm, I'm not 100% sure one way or another so just gonna leave it but oh my gosh this was so fun for our first episode of this throwback series what do you guys think everybody's types are I would love to find out what you initially thought these characters types were and if you agree with my typing anyways thank you so much for listening to this episode and be sure and check back on Wednesday because I have a new episode going up and we are covering characters from an iconic series of our childhood you can guess what it is, but it's going to be amazing. So anyways, be sure and keep up on Instagram with the podcast. It is at Dude I Love That Podcast on Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram at Liv Haymond. Anyways, thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Bye. And type the Enneagram char- <laughs> Oops. The Enneagram characters. That doesn't exist. Oh my God. Why do I keep saying Enneagram characters?